topic I think that's like near and dear to me, um, especially when the holidays come around. It's something about it that it, it hits even even harder. Like I had the opportunity for many years to work in foster care, you know, in different capacities. And working in foster care, I, I, I experienced a lot of families that were considered homeless. And the, the, I guess like the breakup that I would see a lot of in terms of the demographics of homeless always fell under these different categories. It was people that were veterans that found themselves homeless. It, were, it was also um, mothers that were victims of DV that found themselves homeless. And then towards like the latter years on my way out of foster care, what I saw a lot of was a lot of kids that identified as LGBT, that their parents were discarding them and just leaving them in the community. And I just, I, I've noticed, you know, I, I used to live in New York City, but I relocated to Connecticut. And I didn't spend so much time in New York City, like actually going into Manhattan, but more and more recently, I find myself going into Manhattan. And what I'm seeing is that Manhattan is starting to look like Manhattan how it looked in the 80s when there was like it was yeah it was there were a lot of homeless people and there was a time when i think that they made a lot of efforts to kind of you know to to i want to say support people that were homeless by putting programs and things like that in place but i don't know if those programs are falling by the wayside now i don't know if as a result of things like gentrification i don't know if um if, if inflation, I think there's so many different factors that contribute to it that now we're starting to see this huge influx again of people that are, you know, people that are homeless. And I think that there's so there's been such emphasis placed on the pandemic, but homelessness to me is an epidemic that has existed for a long time, going for many years. That we, you know, we haven't been able to find out what the vaccine is for that or address that. And I just feel like that is getting to a point now where it's it's. Uh, it's really like it's almost like a wildfire spreading and it's becoming far more prevalent than what it once was like new york did something about it i don't know what they did where they put people with programs they had in place but whatever they were previously doing it's coming back around now where now manhattan is starting to really really have a vibe where you're seeing a lot more people homeless i don't know if you want to add anything to that well i think i think the funding is is what is what was is what's falling short for a lot of these agencies and these organizations. Some of them are nonprofits, but the funding to keep people housed is, is the difficult part. Because not only do you have to house them, you know, you, you have to maintain them. And one of the biggest things that is happening, what I've read out there in California, Ali, was that these people are being <clears throat> discouraged from, from remaining in these informal settlements. So they're not getting access to water. They're not getting access to sanitation. They're not getting access to any type of health care. So they're really living on their own. And most of these people are working people, electricians. People, some of them, I even watched watch what you sent me. Even doctors out there that are living, living in these settlements. They got to get up and find a place to take a shower in order to go, in order to, go, to, to, go to work. Yeah. So, you know, what I found compelling about that is that all these health violations and all these human rights violations that are coming up and I'm like wow man this is not just the Bay Area or San Francisco or Berkeley this is in the Bronx this is on under 125th Street Bridge mm -hmm. this is in Dallas when I went to Dallas if you, if you even stroll the Miami beaches there's people laying out on the beaches it's everywhere um, in regards to New York because I was out there you know for some time and I remember uh, back when uh, uh, Mayor Dinkins 
What's yep. around, you know, the brother. Um, you know, the homeless problem was was still a problem. But once Giuliani came in, oh, and not, it just seemed like they swooped all of them tools up. Yeah, so I think I think a lot of it's political too, right? You know, I think there's there's some political things going on um, because I mean we got you know a democratic uh, government out here in in Cali, and you know it's it's off the chain right now. But I think these Republicans do a better job of, uh, of cleaning up the optics. You know, um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was it. Oh, cause we got him back. Um, but yeah, I also think like aside from just the political side of it, um, there's there's the issue of investment, right? You, you know, it's going to require some money spent to fix this problem, and you know we like to deal with the smoke all the time, but we don't really like to deal with the fire, right? You know, and so uh, you know out here in Cali, I can't speak for New York, but out here in Cali. If you're going to be homeless, you probably want to be in California. You know, we got a few social programs. It's sunny out here, decent weather. You know, so we got people who are coming here from other states as well, you know, and, and setting, setting up shop. You know, and in fact, there was, a, um, there was one brother I talked to. He said back in the day, he was a police officer. He said we would go and get homeless people and give them a one-way bus ticket to Santa Cruz. Yeah, you know, wow. so it was uh, it was all about getting them out of my neighborhood. You know, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those stunts are still in place. But like you were saying before, Rob, I mean, they're local people, people who grew up here and now can't afford to live here, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, maybe they fall in hard times and then trying to get back up, even if they you know are gainfully employed, it, it, that crawl back up is difficult, mm-hmm. and it's going to require you know some serious dollars and some serious investment. Uh, to make that uh, to fix that problem yeah i wonder um the other the other part of it though is that there's a there's to me there's like a stigma attached also to um to homelessness like people associate everybody that's homeless with it, with being mentally ill or being drug addicted you know and not really and no this, they do that but you also constantly hear this ongoing reminder like that the average american is two paychecks away from being homeless you know why do you i guess why do you think that there's this this correlation where people believe that everybody is homeless either drug addicted or mentally ill it makes it easier to to dismiss them right you know if if they did this to themselves then i don't have to care as much right that's that that's the uh the mentality i think is going on but you know it's not just these tents like we got tent cities everywhere right all under the bridges tents everywhere but it's not just the tents right like so i'm i live by the beach and when I'm riding my bike on the beach early in the morning and whatnot, I see all these cars that are uh, parked up by the beach and people are just living in their cars, you know, and they're getting up early in the morning, you know, trying to go shower up or something like that. But they, we got a lot of people who, you know, aren't doing the tent thing. They ain't living in their cars. They going to work like everybody else, but you know, that's their home. You know, so uh, we like to kind of paint an image of, you know, some kind of Mad Max scenario or whatever with all these tents or whatnot, but it, it, oh, don't don't just look at the tents, you know, it, it's it's much bigger than that, you know, and it's normal folks who, you know, just, just trying to keep up, and, you know, we got some crazy rents out here in the Bay Area, um, good luck trying to buy a house, you know, so it, it's gotten to the point where... And it's not like we don't have uh, plenty of property because you drive some of, on some of these vistas. You're like, there's plenty of land here. Mm-hmm. You know, like we could easily set up a whole new town, you know, that just houses people, you know, but that's money. And, and 
you know, we got plenty of fancy golf courses. Lord knows they're not trying to build on that. <laughs> you, know, you know, and it, it, you know, that's the other part of it, right? Is that, you know, people, people, uh, uh, they don't want to spend the money. They don't want it happening in their backyard. And they don't want to use decent property uh, to put these people in, right? Because they, they have other ideas of how they can make money off of that property. So our priorities are all jacked up and it's, it's, going, it's catching up now. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, as, as, as opulent as California seems to look, you would think there would be a, a, a way to, to house these people. Yo, talk talk about 7th Street in Oakland. Um, that, that's like, because they, they call that the Harlem of the West. Yeah, I mean, so it's, we got, it's, we, so what I was told, right, because, you know, I've, I've been back and forth between the West Coast and the East Coast. I was told that, um, you know, it used to be boom. You know, uh, and I was told that the highways, once those highways started really getting put in place and cutting off businesses, uh, that's when you start to see the major decline. Yeah. You know, and, and now you go down, I mean, some parts look like Beirut. You know, you're like, this doesn't even look like it should be in the United States of America, at least as far as the, the image that the U.S. puts out. But it, it, it's descended. Is it, is it the question is, is it gentrification? Because many of the people that are out there homeless are people that have been divorced. People have just lost their jobs. Now, I mean, losing your job is pretty broad. You, you might have fucked up and got fired. You got nothing to You know what I'm saying? Like, changing of, of, of guards or changing of employers just left you out of the cold, like, out of pandemic. It put a lot of people out, but... Um, it's, it's a serious situation, man, when you have people, you know, so you think if you're divorced, your woman gets everything, you got shit. And now what? There's no backup plan. You spent 30 years with this woman, 20-something years, or maybe even 10, 5 years with this work. You know, what I always try to, to encourage people is you have to take care of yourself. Man. You always have to have a backup plan for you. Mm-hmm. You know, have the mindset that if they do put to the left, you can take this up from your bootstrap to keep it You know what I mean? And not have to come so much to the ills and wills of the world. Because if you're left in that environment, there's no telling what you're going to come across in, in, your, in, your, in your life, man. And it, and it, it looks pretty crazy out there. Yo, Rob, you mentioned, you made a, you made a good point because I was also thinking about like just how I think there's also this perception that if a man is homeless, then a man is a bum, right? But if a woman is homeless, then it's almost like she's a victim, you know, in her circle. It almost feels like if you're homeless and you're a man, it's far more difficult to actually get to a place where you can have some kind of housing, even if it's temporary housing, supportive housing, or anything like that. And I think that this goes back to what the belief is around it, that, you know, if you're a healthy man, you should be out working kind of thing. Right. And I, and I, and I honestly, you got a mind, and we talk about imagination here all the time, man. You can, if you can get your mind right, and you got a mind, you can, you can get to where you need to go. Honestly, you don't have, you don't have to be in any situation you don't want to be. You know what I mean? That's, that's first and foremost. Now, you know, there's a lot of people that have, may have health issues. Um, I think there was one story of a man got hit by a driver, he got addicted to painkillers, and then he, he, he was in a coma for 10 months, and you know, 
You know, how does that work for you when you come out of a coma? What do you have left? What do you even remember outside of the action? Now, how do you get your life back in order? Like, that's another story where a lady, all she had was a miscarriage. Took a couple of days off, she couldn't return back to work. Wow. Now she's been on the street for the last two days. And people have been out there for 20 years. Yep. Yeah. Or more. Just struck, just trying to get by like everybody else. And that's, I mean, that's one of America's little bumps in the, in the rug that we keep tripping over. Homelessness and, 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 and food insecurity. That's true, and, 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 and people starving and people out there hungry, which I think is an easy fix, man, but we got to do it collectively. We can't just allow agencies and government uh, funding to do it. We got to go out there as people individually. Like, I know when I lived in Baltimore, I didn't mind taking some coats that I had in, in the closet that I know I ain't wearing and drop them right off at the corner of the block. You know what I'm saying? With a pair of boots, with socks, ain't nothing to go about. A six-pack of pair of socks and give it to somebody who's out there who know he ain't got no socks on. That's it, bro. That's how I feel about them. I mean, I think we got to remember, like, uh, you know, the goal was never to empower us. Right, you know, from the uh, on the part of you know this government, right? It, it, it's particularly black men, you know. Um, I mean, the, that was never the goal. You know, in fact, they have you know very tangible goals around you know us being in you know a compromised position, you know, um, whether it's the prison industrial complex or you know just the the, the desire uh, on the part of this establishment to. To not see us rise up in on uh, mass, right? You know, so I, I think, I think yes, you know, uh, you can, you as a man, as a healthy man, you should be able to, uh, you know, figure something out. But you know, understand you're, you're still under attack, right? You know, like I don't want to, I don't want that message to to get convoluted because you know these traps out here are real, you know, and uh, it just seems like there's landmines everywhere designed for for you and me you know so that we cannot be in a position where we can you know empower our community in fact the matter is if they really wanted to fix this they would you know mm-hmm. um, the only reason they're even talking about it right now is because it's so in people's faces you know right. I, I, I got a co-worker right you know they can't they can't deny it now you know um, and it's affecting their property values I got a co-worker who just bought a house with her husband and you know she was kind of complaining that you know hey you know right down the street there's uh you know some homeless people post up you know what i mean bringing down the property value i was like yeah that stuff needs to be dealt with you know and, and you know maybe this is kind of like the whole you know no justice no peace you know that the that the homeless community is taking upon it where it's like hey we we know y'all don't care about us mm-hmm. we know y'all not doing anything for us so you know what now we're not asking we're just going to set up shop wherever we see fit, you know, and now you're going to have to leverage your resources to try to move us. And even then, we're going to be right back there tomorrow, you know. And so, uh, I mean, I've, I heard it, uh, we had this uh, uh, one situation by a Home Depot where uh, the whole parking lot just became an encampment, you know. And, and, and you had some of these uh, wealthy folks coming down trying to offer cash money to get these people to leave and go somewhere else you know and at this point they're emboldened they're like no we're not going anywhere you know and so that was a, that was a big yeah. issue I mean, you know it's still there you know so it, 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 it they only care about it when when they they when it's affecting their dollars you know when it's affecting their livelihood you know but 
you know, otherwise they don't care and they're, they're not trying to care because frankly that that means that they're doing their job you know and, and making sure that you know only a few people are going to be able to be here comfortably you now classism backfiring yeah, it's, a, it's like what you said, like dealing with the smoke, but not dealing with the fire. Dealing with the fire means that you have to look at systemically what people in, put people in that position. One of the things that used to drive me crazy when I was in foster care was sort of like the other side of that coin. So we would have foster care workers that would be reluctant to allow young ladies and young men that have been sent away to residential facilities upstate or to a different state to allow them to come home if they felt if, a, if they felt like a family was um, homeless, right? And it would be families that would be living in the shelter intact. And I remember fighting tooth and nail and having debates with DSS workers, Department of Social Service workers to convince them that, you know, it may not look ideal in the sense of what we think home should look like. It may not look like our home, but that, you know, truth be told, there are families that live together in the shelter. Absolutely. So the only way that they were able to ever begin to accept it is they started thinking about the money that they paid for these kids to be sent away to these residential facilities or state schools and how much money they were spending on that versus allowing the kids to actually come home and live with their family in a, in a shelter setting. And I think what happens around stuff like that is I think that we become, you know, like either, either we haven't figured out exactly what the right stance or right position to take on it or what the right fix is in a sense of like either people turn a blind eye to it or they become overly apologetic or overly sensitive to it rather than actually asking the people like what is it that you need to help you in this situation and i think that that's one of the issues that i have with government programming like government programs are a lot of times they're built around with people with think tanks or people who have organizations think is what actually is best for the individuals rather than really enlisting the help of the individual so much you know because there are individuals that they you know they they have these things going on and it's just not only a matter of saying okay we, we moved you out the way we put you in a hotel we moved you out the way we put you in the shelter we did this we did that like there there are other things that you know there may be substance abuse there may be mental illness there may be also familiar things there right like a lot of homelessness comes also by way of family support people not necessarily having family in place to be supportive of them when they fall on hard time it may be a piece that involves financial literacy. I think there's so many other elements that come into play with this that people are looking at a very granular scale and just saying the person is homeless, put them in a house. But if you're homeless and I put you a place to live, but you don't have the financial resources to maintain that place, you don't have the, your mental health is not in check to be able to sustain that place, you know, to me it becomes cyclical. And then before you know it, people are back in the same position so I think that there needs to be more there needs to be more time put into actually doing like some exploration around what are the services and I'm, I don't want to I don't want to say that they haven't got some level of hand on or some level of understanding but I think that they need to be a little bit more open to what other potential services need to be in place to help people actually sustain housing when you do get them in housing because I think it's just bigger I think it's easy to look and think it's a big fix but it's it's, it's a bigger issue than just putting a person in a house or putting a person in an apartment. You know, people have the right to life, housing, health, water, sanitation. It's a universal right. I mean, everywhere on the fucking planet, you deserve to have some place to live and your pursuit, I guess, of happiness or whatever it is that you want to do. Have that right. And we need, that That needs to be the, the policy or the protocol or whatever we put in place or needs to be put in place that these individuals achieve those things inside. 
they can get their lives back in order. I mean, these, these people are functional people. These are people of our society mm-hmm. who, can, who can make a, a great contribution. Trust me. You talk to some of these people, these people are witty, they're smart as a fucking whip, they know a lot of shit. I mean, I've learned some of the best information from someone who just needed me to buy him a cup of coffee. You should have a conversation with him. People are like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Mm-hmm. But that's the situation. The circumstance, yeah. You know, the divorcee or, you know what I'm saying? You just fell on hard times. And, or you come home from the service. You come you home know, from the service and life's changed. One, one of the things, I, st- I still look at that, the thing we talked about last show, about the United States being found guilty of five counts of genocide. And that, that situation, it, it, it rolls right into homelessness. You know what I mean? Because how, how are you supposed to live? You're going to have no roof over that's, that's how you're comfortable with outside. Even if you're in opulent California, where the weather is pretty much good 10, 10 months out of, out of the year, the only time it's, it's bad is the rainy season. What's that, January, February? Is it raining? Something like that. You might get a little sprinkles of snow on the mountains, but that's about right. it. That's really the extent of it. I mean, I think a part of it's control, though, too, right? Like, so, you know, go back to Shannon's point where he's talking about, you know, working with, uh, you know, these different organizations. All those organizations are uh, have to justify their budget, right? And so they, they have a checklist of the things that they've agreed to with the people who are providing the funds as far as, okay, this is the checklist that we are, are going to use uh, to determine whether or not we're successful. Right, you know, with with a particular homeless person, or determine whether or not they are eligible to be in whatever programs we're having. So it's still it's very stringent, you know, uh, who they can even help based off of this generic list. There's no uh, the human element, right? You know, which would allow for more flexibility in in how you help people. You know, that that's not something that a lot of these organizations have the 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 you know, wherewithal to, to use, right? You know, they, they're very much trapped within the confines of whatever agreements they've set up with whoever's providing financial uh, uh, support for that organization. So, you know, we get caught up in a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, legalese and jargon and stuff like that. And people are really just looked at as numbers to kind of check off the list, right? You know, it's like, oh yeah, we helped so however many people, you know, this past year or whatever, right? Now, did you really help them? Or did you, you know, kind of just, you know, put them on in, you know, some type of life support for a hot minute? And then they're going to be right back to where uh, they were. But you get to write it off as saying you did something, right, to justify your uh, your, your salary or how much money is coming into your organization. So it's got to be a lot more flexible, a lot more humane, you know. Um, and we also got to, we got to be real about, about the control factor you know it's like when you hear about how uh back in like the the 60s and 70s when when the whole welfare program really started to kick in and uh you know uh black mothers were encouraged to not have the father in the house right in order to receive that that money i mean that that's diabolical right there right yeah like that that is purposely i talked about all all in one right there yeah you are purposely devaluing uh, 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 a normal family, right? Devaluing the man's input. You know, he may be down on his luck, and you, as the mom, need some money. And, but to to put that over, you know, your family, which is essentially what your husband slash you know father, your child is, you know that 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 has been uh, 
that's like a, a, a an evil seed that was planted in our mindset right because we're still dealing with the ramifications of, of that that as a concept to this day you know and so I, like I, I hear you know when people want to talk about you know uh, trying to fix these problems I'm like well we got to deal with with the, the hawk that's circling over us you know what I mean because like, that thing is still always at us it's like when you start reading about these these um, these for-profit prisons and how they get into these agreements with these local municipalities about having a certain uh, yeah. uh, headcount, you know, like right. guaranteed headcount. They won't even move into that county until they say, until the, the, the municipality says, okay, yeah, we guarantee that you're going to have, you know, 85, 90% occupancy in your in your jail i mean like right there that's that's a huge problem right because now there's all these financial incentives to keep people in 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 those in those situations yeah so you know it, it, i mean prisoners in there doing the work for the county they're doing, they're doing a lot of the rules they're doing a lot of stuff that people won't do yeah i want to i want to stay rob you brought up a point which i think is interesting when you were saying like the you know the the basic human rights I think it's almost like an issue where I don't know if everybody thinks it's, it's, it's about the person or if it's a societal problem. And I think that that also makes it a lot more difficult for people to figure out how to approach it because there are some people that will say that, you know, this is society's issue to deal with. And there are other people that look at it and be like, that's a personal problem. Joe need to figure out why Joe is homeless. Joe need to get his life together. Or this, the terminology, Joe need to pull himself up by his bootstraps. I made it you can make it kind of thing. So I think until we actually, until there's effort, energy, and an understanding that this is a societal issue, you know, then that's why I, I think it's gonna make it difficult for people to actually deal with it. And then I think the other thing that, going back to, you know, what we were saying earlier, is I think it'll become a societal issue when people start looking closer, like, okay, so this is devaluing my property. This is, you know, the optics of it is not good. I don't want them by my school. I don't want them living in my in my neighborhood. I, whatever it is, that's when I think it'll be it becomes society problem, and then they sweep it and move it away. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I still feel like a lot of people feel like it's a human issue, meaning that that human's responsibility to get their life together. You know, and and that's why I think it's this challenge. We, we, yeah. What what happened to the I am my brother's keeper? Yeah. Exactly. We can spend money on on building casinos and golf courses. And all of this entertainment that we're doing, we can, we can carve out a part of land to put 50,000 people at a concert at mm-hmm. the yeah. same area to, to, to store 30 story buildings. Yeah, you can. All sorts of cities around. So. You know why they, you know what what happened to our, my, I am our brother's keeper? The same way when you have people constantly fighting, like, well, why should I pay more taxes than the other, than the other person? It's like. Some people have arrived, and once they arrive, they like well, forget about Turn the other people or whatever. They're not, you know. And, and and let's be real, class serves a purpose. Class class serves a purpose. You know, it's a construct that people want in place to help themselves feel better about their circumstance. You know, like there's somebody that is not far removed from the guy that's homeless. There are plenty of people. If we, you know, to go back to what we said, if, if people are two paychecks away from being homeless, that means there are many people that could be in that circumstance if, you know, the, the pandemic came back around and they locked down and jobs start letting people go, plenty of people could be in that same position. And then that's when it becomes an issue. 
when they when you're part of whatever the issue is, then that's oh this this is really an issue or it directly impacts you. Right now, the impact that it has on people is the optics. You mean I gotta look out my window and see this? You mean I gotta drive my kids to school and see this? You mean I gotta you know when my my property value is decreased because they're talking about this? You know, so that the only connection to it it's not a humanistic connection to it's not human. You know, and that's how that's what we have to figure out. Like, okay, if we're gonna say that this is a societal problem, then it has to come from a place of, am I my brother's keyboard, right? Like, you know what? I don't want. I genuinely don't want to see people in this situation with these circumstances. And we have we have some very wicked people who you know that it's it's, it's if a tree falls in the woods kind of thing, right? You right. know what? If I don't see it, I hear it. It doesn't exist. I don't know what happened. I mean, we, we, we turn a blind eye all the time, right? You know, and I've been seeing that out here with the rise in homelessness. I saw this one situation where um, this was at a park and uh, two, two older homeless men were in a fight, right? And so they're, they're duking it out, right? Real close to the street. And on that same street, I saw this one uh, uh, Caucasian lady dressed to the nines, looking, she got her, her, her gear is looking tight, got her purse, everything's looking on point. She's literally walking right by them, got her little AirPods in, and she's acting like she don't even see it. And she's literally inches away from this fight. Yeah, I was tripping, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's not even concerned. Like she's just walking like they literally don't exist. And so that 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 psychology of just, I don't see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's is, is so deep. You know, like, so it is, you can't even, if you're not even seeing the person, you definitely ain't acknowledging that humanity, right? You know what I mean? Like, you literally blocking it out of your mind, you know what I mean? And so, like, they furniture, like, they yeah. Front <laughs> yeah, you know, just like a, uh, just background music, white noise, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, I don't see them, I'm just keeping it moving. And so, um, that mentality, I think, is, is the danger of what's really setting in right now. Yes, it's inconvenient, but, uh, ultimately, has just like, well, it is what it is, <laughs> you know, like you know, and and yeah, it's not gonna fix this. Freaking whatever, I don't see it. I'm 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 focused on me. That's what they that's what they did with the recipients of the crack code. It is mm -hmm. what it is, and then we got crack babies running around here crazy, and people are are you know recovering from that. They're still dealing with the remnants of the, the crack era. So Al, you from the East Coast? Where are you end up from the West Coast, though? So, uh, you know, I was born in Brooklyn, right, and, and spent my, my early years out there, but my all my family's out here in California, you know, um, my pops, you know, he was, uh, I, I was a Navy brat growing up, so, you know, we moved around a lot, but, you know, both my, my dad's from Oakland, my mom is from Stockton, I got all, all family out here. I hear the accent. And you know, he was out there, he was out there, but you know, he's definitely, he was also more on the conservative end, you know, and it's funny, like, we got, uh, uh, they really try to um, box us in, you know, politically, right, you know, uh, and, and I think we're starting to see more of a branching out now. Uh, just because we've seen, you know, what the blind loyalty has got us, which ain't much, you know. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I, all my roots are out here uh, to the extent that they can be. I mean, really, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, my, my grandma's generation who made the trek out west 
uh, from Arkansas, you know, or Texas, or Louisiana, you know, that's, that's how a lot of the black people who are from Cali got to be from Cali. To be from Cali. Matt, are they is, in Cali? Are they doing like? Um, do you guys have things like supportive housing? Like, what initiatives do they have in place to help? Yeah, you know? so we um, we just got a new initiative put in place. Uh, I want to say, I want to say, it really kicked off about a year ago, where these uh, uh, these box houses that they've been setting up, you know, which is really just a one one. It's like a shed. You know, and so like, uh, uh, I think they even call it like tough sheds or something along those lines. And so they're starting to build those out. They got 50 in place, but I mean, that's that's a drop in a bucket, right? You know, um, there needs to be a whole lot more done. Which and San Francisco with 7,000 people without permit. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, you know, a lot of the people who um, who you talk to who are homeless. They're not necessarily wanting to be placed in in those houses because those houses to get into those houses you gotta you know fit certain things on that checklist that we were talking about before, right? You know, I mean, so you know people people want to be able to come and go as they want to come and go, right? They still want to have that freedom, and, and and so they can look at that like, nah, you know, I'm I'm not interested in that, you know. So we got to make a a better offer, you know, as opposed to sticking somebody in a shed for a month. Yeah, you know, right. and and and, uh, and putting all these conditions on on them even having access to that, right? And so it's I know there is there are discussions happening, you know, in our city councils, and there are people trying to really make stuff happen. But uh, until you get them dollars behind it, you know, because um, I'm even seeing nonprofit organizations setting up their own uh, versions of those sheds, you know, saying, okay, well, with us, you don't have to do. You know all the things that the city may, may be yeah. saying you have to do. You know, so there's there's good groups out here really trying to tackle that problem, or at least come up with some prototype ideas. But until you get them dollars to really go on mass, and and until you really engage with the community, right. you know, the homeless community, and say, well, what do you really want? Right? You know, like how can we really make this work? You know, as opposed to dictating you, you know, to you as far as what you're going to, you know. Uh, even that's dehumanizing, right? You know, so uh, we got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we find conveniently ways to co-op other people's movement and make it more more about ourselves than it is actually about them. Um, you know, another thing I hear a lot about is that people are reluctant to go to shelters because of the safety element of it. And, and like you said, like a lot of the restrictions that's associated with it, people are like, I don't want to go in the shelter because if I go in the shelter, the things, the possessions that I have that I feel are prized possessions, I run the risk of people stealing from me. Um, you hear people talk about like rampant drug use in the shelters also. Um, so I get though, I get like the premise would be when you start talking about Maslow's hierarchy and you know, the first need is to have, like you said, our food, water, shelter, those things that they would say, okay, so let's put a shelter in place and give people the opportunity to go to the shelter. But I also think, again, like we have we have to step back and ask people what they really want. Like there are people you, that you see people that's homeless and people automatically assume because they're homeless, they're hungry. Like, oh, you, you hungry? No, you know, they, it's, it's really, we have, to, we have to figure out a way to have a conversation a real conversation with people that are actually, um, you know, dealing with this and then let them determine, like, these are what the services are that I need to be successful. 
if not we just gonna keep going even because we keep we talking about like the funding but if we do get the money and we throw the money behind the same things that haven't worked in the past it's just wasting a dollar yeah you keep boots on the ground man Trump paid soldiers some people that are right up in right up in it pretty much and, and, and communicate with these people to find out what are they what are they real need because some of them may already probably found a way to cook and feed themselves how do you shelter you are, I can guarantee the way heart disease or high blood pressure and all these things that are affecting our community is probably 10 times worse on them like what what are the I hate to say it, but what are the, the COVID numbers in, in those communities you know what I'm saying than that. I know one of the biggest things in New York around ho- homeless in New York was hepatitis. Just being around people who are unhealthy may, will make you unhealthy. You know what I mean? That that's the that's my biggest one. You know what I you know what I just I just thought would probably would be because I think we thinking about this from the perspective of you need to have all this money to throw behind it. But I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple of people that would come out and just say, you know what I just need from you? I need you to help me get with first month's rent insecurity and broker's fee or whatever it is. And if you could get me in that, get me in the place, I could sustain it. Because you think about the cost of rent right now, and you were saying in Cali, in New York City, a two bedroom may be two thousand dollars. So for a person to actually move into an apartment, you're talking about six grand. Not everybody got six grand tucked away. You know, it may be somebody that, okay, once I get in an apartment, I can get two grand to pay my rent. But I think, like, even looking at a basic level like that, like, there are people who just, like, I just need the most rent, security, and broker's fee to get in a place. I just need somebody to help me repair my credit so I can actually qualify for an apartment. I just need a broker that's going to link me with landlords that take the program that I may be eligible for. I, like, I just think there's so many different things there that we don't really you know, think about it. I think, you know, and, and New York City model for a long time has been a person going to shelter. If you're a woman and you go on the shelter, you have a better chance of them finding an apartment for you through public assistance, through Section 8, and through all these other different um, subsidies or programs that they have in place. For men, rarely do men want to go into shelter, you know, so for men, that process is much longer. But I don't, again, I don't think there's the conversation around, okay, we're just going to get you the most rent, security, the broker's fee, and then you off and running, you can go. You know, I don't know how much it costs to fund, and I'm in a not-for-profit sector, I don't know how much it costs to fund a shelter per person, put one person to bed, but I'm guessing it's probably pretty expensive, even though the quality of shelter (laughs) may not look like it is. You know, you think about, think from the standpoint that we took that money that we were using to pay for that person to stay in that bed that's chronically homeless, for extended periods of time for months and apply that to actually, okay, so this money is now gonna go to whatever wraparound service you need to support you into getting into a place or whatever it is you need, I would imagine that'd probably be cheaper than funding the shelter. Well, we, um, so, I mean, there's a couple of things there, right? I don't know the numbers between, you know, a scenario like what you're talking about versus, you know, drug abuse or mental illness i don't know where where the the numbers differentiate you know who who, who can integrate properly back in society and and who's going to require some more special attention but i will tell you this that uh one of the things that you know the people in these encampments will talk about is how much they value their community you know like the, those communities you know are organic Right, you know, and, and and they they really take on a, a village 
kind of mentality, right? You know, and so that's another reason why some of these folks aren't aren't inclined to be taken out of that and put into an isolated situation, right? Because you know, they, they, that's a, their fellow peers in that situation are their support group. The camaraderie amongst each other, right? You know, and that that's what I'm saying. You can't like you know just plucking people out and putting them into some kind of temporary housing. You know, we're talking about people who got pain, right? You know what I mean? Like, like, and and not not like the physical pain, but like inside, they they they're going through stuff. They're missing certain things, right? And so, you know, people need people, right? You know, and, and people need community, right? You know, and so, so you gotta you gotta take a real holistic approach to this. You know, um, yes, there's some people that you can you know, have an easier time sagging back into, you know, mainstream society, give them a couple leg up, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, when I'm out on the, on these streets and, 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 you know, God forbid I have a, an unfortunate interaction with somebody who's got some mental illness or drug addicted problems, I'm like, okay, yeah, this that is real. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a real factor. And, you know, um, those, those encampments that are popping up over there, they're not popping up uh, because they're not working, right? They're, they're popping up because that is something that, you know, those people are feeling like, hey, this this ain't the best, but it's it's something. It, and it's better than what the state is offering. You know, so we got to remember that that people, are, you know, I don't want to say they chose to be in the encampment, but when given the the options, you know, they're preferring that. Over there. You know what I'd be interested in? I'd be interested in seeing if they have any studies on recidivism for people that they have provided supports to to help them with being homeless. And I'd be interested in seeing if there's any studies in terms of the long-term effect as far as trauma is associated with being homeless. There has to be, because there's been homelessness so long. I remember a show was on HBO. It might have been in the late 80s, early 90s, called The Mole People. Mm. Um, the documentary is about those that are living in the subway station. And how many people don't even surface surface New York. They stay wow. on the ground. And if you know the history of the train station system in New York, they go down as, as, as low as 10 stories down. Mm-hmm. Stations down there that haven't ran since the 40s. And it's just blocked off, trains run past them all the time, and people take camps in them areas. They got electricity, there's running water down there. Some people even raising dogs and animals down there. Do not, the ones that do come to, to, to the surface are the ones that you might see scrambling in the garbage, looking for five cent refunds. That's that's their that's their way of living. Mm. Collect cans and collect uh, you know, how you get scrap metal and all that type of stuff. And I remember the legends of the mole people, <laughs> you know, hearing about it, you know, when I was in New York, like, real people living like that? Serious, man. Well, I mean, you know, going back to what you're saying about wanting to see uh, uh, some studies on the recidivism and stuff like that, I was surprised that the, um, the data being collected on uh, uh, on racial demographics of people who got shot by police was a relatively new thing you know and i was like oh wait y- y'all have really been tracking this stuff you know what i mean or on on on, on police officers who've been accused of abuse i'm like y'all haven't been tracking this. y'all just started tracking this a couple years ago i mean we're in 2021 
you know, yeah. and they're saying, yeah, we just started tracking this, you know. That's not true. That's, that's because they probably just started being more transparent. I'm sure that they, I'm sure they, they tried it. They probably just started being more transparent and more open. But that also probably coincides with also now you see more so like cell phone footage and stuff like that. It makes it much more difficult to, to cover those things up. Yeah, well, if you track that data, right, then you have to be held accountable to that data. Exactly. Right, you know, and so, you know, there's definitely incentives to not track it, right, you know, uh, and I would I would imagine that some of that is the same with uh, the homeless issues, you know, it's, uh, if, if, if you really show that it's as bad as it is, then you got to do something about it, but if you don't, you don't have the data, well, that leaves you a whole lot of leeway to kind of do what you what you know, like you, exactly mm-hmm. you know, so. it goes back to the panel of jurors y'all who put who did that research on, on the United States man it's just genocide mm-hmm. you know what I mean and one of the things they were capturing was police brutality and how they killing people killing black people brown, black and brown people yeah we got we i think i i i'd like to i would like to see like what the long-term impact is from a you know a trauma standpoint because you have kids that are you know living in cars or and and they and they make tra- again transparency they may not be transparent with the studies but there are people who do these studies and they do this research and they figure out ways to cover up the research i used to work in programs that was heavily research-based and there was always ways to move the numbers around to make the numbers say what you wanted the numbers to say, you know, to make you make you look as if you were effective, even if you weren't effective. So. Statistical magic. Yeah, it's cooking the books. Cooking the books. Cooking the books. That's all it is. It's cooking the books. Yo, how's the how's the art world, Ali? What's going on, man? What you working on out there, bro? Steady on the hustle, steady on the grind, brother. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I've been doing a lot of portraits for folks. Uh, working with some of these models out here, you know, got some things going there. Um, and then, you know, I got uh, this uh, uh, animation project, you know, that I'm trying to put together. Uh, okay. You know, so, you know, stay tuned. I, I got some good stuff. And okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting where I want to be, you know, and I've been getting deep into the 3D animation as well. So, you know, creating these characters and you know, putting them in the in the Unreal game engine so they can move around. And actually, I'm working on, uh, uh, so you know about the 3D printing? Yes, sir. So my partner, uh, SP in, in uh, Yonkers, uh, he ended up getting me. Yeah, well, he ain't, he ain't styled P, but he, he's my homie. Um, we call him SP. And uh, he went and swooped on a, on a 3D printer because he just was like, oh, this is new stuff. I want, I want to get nice with it. So uh, I was able to send him some of the, a, a character I made in a, a 3D program. And he was able to print me out a statue of that character. You know, wow. so, yeah. So now, in fact, I got that dude right here. To put him to the camera. This dude I made. Yeah. You know, wow. so... So uh, now so I'm working. What's your best? What's your best piece in your portfolio? I know you got a lot of stuff, but what's your what's uh, what's Oliver's signature? My shit, right? Here? What's that piece? Right here? Um, I mean, I like the joint I did for uh, for you and uh, and Janelle. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty nice one. Um, I, I would say uh, 
some of the portraits that I've done recently have really been uh, exciting for me. And I certainly, you down too, so, so the people can see what you know. I think I got that image here, but um, yeah, the portraits are good, and certainly some of the concept art that I've been putting together for um, for this new project, I'm I'm really excited about. But you know, it's it's always about you know getting to that next level, right? You know, and, and really trying to bring it out bring out the vision that you got inside you and particularly when I'm doing portraits of other folks you know it's about really uh, trying to show them uh, the beauty that I see in, in, in them right you know and, and bringing that out to the forefront and and so um, it's it's a never ending journey of, of trying to one up yourself and, and really trying to get that reaction out of uh, the person that you, you're drawing it's like oh yo you really you, you got it you got it you know like and thank you for this you know um, that's visual communication yeah. man yeah yeah visually with someone is kind of what's, what's coming out of them and you can pull that stuff out and um like I, I I threw them ideas at you and you came back with that I'm like that's exactly it I like that's it right there yeah, man. I, I don't know how to did just that. Like, communication, you know, sometimes the best work I do is not stuff that I'm, I'm doing for myself. Uh, it's stuff that other people have come up with and, you know, uh, they're coming to me to help bring that idea out. So it didn't come from me. I just kind of helped bring it out into the world. Uh, and then I'm looking, I'm like, damn, that that really came out excellent. <laughs> you, know, you, know, and then, you know, so uh, sometimes it's, it's about the collaboration. How long have you been into art? So I've been I've been doing art all my life, you know, um, all my life, you know, when it's uh, classics, you know, comics. Uh, I help with some of these game companies out here, you know, as a consultant for certain things. So, uh, you know, I've been I've been in it for a minute, and there's still so much to learn, especially if you, um, you know. So my thing is the digital art, right? You know, I, I'm big on the Photoshop, all those Adobe products as well as these 3d products and uh, for me it's 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 a constant learning and growing because you're constantly learning new techniques you know and, and constantly trying out new things or whatever it is. so it's, it's a never-ending journey and they say the journey is the best part but you just want to keep on evolving you know and, and and trying out new things and building out a nice arsenal of capabilities so i'm still just i'm just a student in the game that's it. Are you are you familiar with NFTs? Oh yeah, and that's one of the projects that I'm working on with uh, one of my partners is getting into the NFT stuff. You know, um, a, a lot of the NFT stuff is is a lot of the successful NFTs are um, you know, 3D art assets. You know, uh, but there's also you know some successful 2D stuff going on. So we're exploring some stuff there. I was reading about uh, NFTs for uh, musicians. Yep. Uh, and that that that's uh, becoming a thing. So this whole crypto world, man, yeah, it, it's wild. You know, um, it was one of those things where I was kind of like, all right, is this really gonna last? Well, it's been real, man. God bless you. Appreciate yeah, you, man. Morning, uh, thanks for the invite. It's good talking to you, fellas. You know, I'm excited good with you. Good to you too, man. You know, what's and what's going on? Uh, you got you said you got the anime. Was it anime? A comic book or something? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's an animation. I'm working on a cartoon pilot, you know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, trying to put together a corresponding game and, and toy figure along with it. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a process, man. Many yeah, lights, many lights. Everything, yeah, work. 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 Yeah, work
I'm excited to show you, man. I, like I said, I'll shoot you some stuff so you get an idea of what I'm working on. But, uh, you know, one day at a time, man, you know, slow and steady wins the race and, you know, just learn as many tools as possible. <laughs>